ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Today, our special guest, the great Jake Asman from ESPN Radio. Jake, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me, and uh, I can't wait to get started here. Absolutely. You know, and before we really jump into it, Jake, though, this isn't the first time we've talked in the last week because I, I had this queued up. I wanted to show you if you uh, – you probably don't remember because you took a million calls, but right before you took Nick Mangold last week, you actually spoke to – Someone that might sound a little familiar right now, uh, Rob from Levittown. Nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Rob in Levittown. Rob, you're excited for Hard Knocks. I'm hoping, right, Rob? Hey, Jake. First off, just gotta say it's great to hear you on the radio uh, here in New York. I'm a big fan of your YouTube content. Thank you. But yeah, I, I am absolutely psyched for this Hard Knocks. That's awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to get a little taste there, but uh, ah, I, well, I appreciate you calling in, Rob. That uh, means a lot, and thanks for the kind words and for being part of that show. I I, I got some news I could share with you. Next uh, one week from today, next Saturday, I'll be back on ninety eight seven in New York from three to seven. So you got to call back in again. I'm sure we'll talk plenty of Jets that day too. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Especially you know as we're getting closer to this hard knocks thing. But before we even get into that, Jake, you know you you being a diehard Jet fan as you are. It must have been surreal earlier this offseason when, as you mentioned on your show, in a span of 48 hours, you had Joe Klecko, Darrell Rivas, both going into the Hall of Fame this year on your show. And then you got that little controversy that came out of it where Rivas kind of went crazy on Twitter. Man, that, that must have been a surreal moment for you. It really was. And, you know, like I, I've been involved in like some interviews that have, you know, gotten some attention, some headlines and whatnot. But, you know, it, typically you kind of know. Like when you're doing it, like what question to ask that will create the controversy or create the headline? And what was so fascinating about the the Klecko Rebus stuff is, like the the question I asked Klecko that set Rebus off was, how cool is it to be going into the Hall of Fame basically with another all time great Jet? And we didn't know obviously the backstory that you know Rebus was annoyed at something Klecko like I think jokingly said when they were finding out back in January they were going into the Hall together. So it was just very odd because typically. You know when you have like a question, you ask a guest, hey, that might be something that an outlet will pick up or no one knew that story before. Maybe there'll be some media that covers that. But the fact that it played out the way it did, like I got done with the Klecko interview and I thought nothing of that interview that it would lead to everything it did. And ultimately we got to roll on the show, as you said, 48 hours later. So uh, it was a wild time. I'm glad we had both on. And, you know, two weeks from from tonight is the Hall of Fame ceremony in Canton. So I'll be I'll be there and I can't wait to see both of them again in person. Yeah, that really was uh, so cool to see, and and definitely as as you just said too, uh, it, it's going to be even cooler going in there. And you know, it, two weeks from tonight, the Jets are in the Hall of Fame game. You know, they, they got the Hall of Fame ceremony, so it, it really is going to be awesome. And uh, yeah, and you put your stamp on there, man. So you're you you're getting up there. You're the Jets' go-to YouTube guy, <laughs> Jake. I hope you know that. 
I appreciate it. You know, I mean, the, the one thing I try to do on my show is like, I'm, I'm a radio guy, right? Like, I don't know how to really do the cool, like YouTube video edits and all the different things like that. So I, I just try and treat the jet show every day. It's like, like it's a, a, a jet talk show. You know, I'll come on whatever the topic of the day is, and then we'll open it up to calls, texts, you know, the comments are kind of like a text line or tweets and, you know, the, the video call line, that's like taking a call on radio like you did when you called in last week uh, to 98.7. So I appreciate the kind words, man. And it's never been a better time than right now to actually be a Jet fan. So it's very exciting with the season coming up. No doubt about it. You know, we always said, too, that what, it's going to pay off. You know, our, our diehard, you know, Jet fandom is going to pay off one day. It may take a long time, but when they finally do win and everything clicks – you know, it's a, it's definitely going to be awesome. <laughs> but, no doubt. Uh, yeah, you know, er, earlier this week, the Jets reported for training camp. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants, as we'll get to in a minute, as my uh, buddy is a diehard Giant fan, they report next week. Um, you know, what are your first impressions of the, the these first couple of days of training camp? I know one thing that jumped off the page to me was Michael Clemens walking in with, you know, shirtless with the <laughs> bat wrapped in barbed wire. That That was an awesome scene. Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, you know, I guess what has really stood out is that, like, holy crap, like, Aaron Rodgers is actually a Jet. Like, you're seeing him take the field earlier in front of fans, and it's like, you know, the king has arrived with the uh, the ovation he's getting for the Jet fans at the first uh, practice that's open for fans today. Uh, it's just, it really is surreal. And, you know, I guess the, the, the big takeaway is, as far as, like, on-field stuff, Mekhi Becton's healthy and he's practicing, and they're going to legitimately give him a chance to get left tackle reps, and we'll see what happens. Dwayne Brown, after missing the first couple of days due to personal reasons, he's now back. So, you know, the left tackle competition is going to get underway. And I guess some of the other takeaways, Jermaine Johnson changed his number now that Denzel Mims is gone, back to number 11. They're listing him as a linebacker now. So we'll see how that impacts what they want to do defensively. So it's only been a couple of days, but there's already a bunch of different things if you're a Jet fan you're paying close attention to. Wow, I, I thought I'd been pretty locked in too, but I didn't notice that Jermaine Johnson trained, you know, went from fifty-two to eleven. That's a uh, th th that's pretty cool. I, I like that. You know, that's a, a I and I like to, you know, back in the day, you wouldn't really see, you know, a lot of defensive players taking numbers like that. Even Sauce having number one isn't something you would have really seen that much back in the day. It, it's kind of cool that they're letting, the, you know, it's a little bit more free with letting the players pick whichever number they like. It's like college, right? I mean, you have Adrian Amos, yeah. who's coming over from Green Bay, now wearing zero. He's the first zero in Jets history. It's uh, it, it's a lot different. You know, the, the days of being able to, like, identify, you know, a player's position by their number, those days are over. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. And, and speaking of numbers, you know, the, the one that we all weren't sure uh, which number he was going to take was Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And he comes here. He's wearing number eight. It looks amazing, as crazy as it is to see him running out there you know, in green and white or red too, uh, you know, as the, uh, the non-contact jersey with number eight on. Um, you know, what do you think? Uh, it, it came out earlier this week, uh, Rogers and Sala both indicated that this is probably more than a one-year relationship for them. Uh, you know, what do you think of that? And does, if they win a Super Bowl at the end of this year, impact that too? Well, it's interesting because when Rodgers talked about this recently yesterday, I think he was on uh, yeah, DiPietro and Rothenberg on, on 98.7, and he said it'd be a disservice to the Jets if I just played one year. And then he's like, well, you know, if we have a magical year, you know, maybe something like that could change. So, yeah, they win the Super Bowl. He could do whatever the hell he wants. He wants to retire. Like, whatever you want to do, Aaron, if you win it all year one with this team, every Jet fan will totally understand. Now, that being said, 
even if they do win it all, I, I still think there's a chance he would want to come back. He'd be having so much fun. And what's better than winning one with the Jets? How about two? Like Tom Brady won the Super Bowl year one in Tampa. He played another two years after that. So uh, I've always felt like he's going to be a Jet for at least two seasons. So I'm not surprised Salah said what he said. I think when we see the reworked contract as well, whenever they announce that officially, I think it's going to be uh, overwhelmingly obvious. It's structured like it's going to be maybe a two or three year commitment. So I'm not surprised, but still, it is surreal as a Jet fan hearing this guy talk about playing for your team. He wants to be here, and he thinks he can play for plenty more years. And I think if you're a Jet fan, the goal is to win it all during this time that he's here. And knowing that, hey, it doesn't necessarily need to be just one and done this year, I think that's exciting if you're a fan of this team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. It at least gives us a window, yep. you know, at th that one year. That That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. And I really – even though obviously the ultimate goal of this season is to win a Super Bowl, no matter what, you you know you wouldn't go out and get Aaron Rodgers if it wasn't. But you know, from listening to your show and everything, I I couldn't agree more with what you've been saying. Like, look, let let's win the division, let's win a playoff game, and then let's judge where the season stands at that point. You know, you know who who knows if the, if the Jets run to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game and lose by a field goal. You know, is it going to be disappointing extremely? But can you sit here and say the season was a failure? You can't do that. Absolutely. I mean, this team hasn't been to the playoffs in, in 13 years, right? Like, the, the the idea that, you know, they don't win the Super Bowl in year one with Rodgers, it's some sort of epic failure. No, it's just the media or other fans trying to move the goalposts. Remember, it went from, well, Rodgers would never want to come play for the Jets to, well, now they don't win the Super Bowl in year one. It's a failure. Are you kidding me? This team hasn't made the playoffs since 2010. It's not a failure. It's a failure if they miss the playoffs. It's extremely disappointing if they, you know, make the playoffs as a seven seed and they're eliminated in the wild card round. That's disappointing given the expectations. But the idea that they could lose in the championship game to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and it's some sort of epic failure, how many teams would kill to go to the AFC championship game? Believe me, uh, we would kill for that as Jet fans. So I, I completely agree with you, Rob. I, this is, you know, the goal is ultimately to win the Super Bowl, but there's steps along the way. And if you're a Jet fan and can't enjoy the ride as you're hopefully on this magic ride, then why are you a fan in the first place? Yeah, yeah, it's a... Uh... You know, it, it's just funny, too, how, uh, you, you know, you mentioned moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. I remember driving into work, work uh, um, on the air, I want to say sometime around February, and you hear Tiki Barber at the time talking about how he doesn't think Aaron Rodgers wants to be a Jet and he's going to be a distraction and this and that. And then it just turned into as uh, the, the clip that I always hear and crack up at uh, when you put people in the shadow realm. You hear Tiki Barber talking about how he thinks that, um, you know, the uh, uh, what's his name? Who's the Giants quarterback again? Uh, Daniel yeah, Jones yeah. is gonna is, is gonna have the uh, you know a, a better season than Rodgers. And I don't want to take anything away from Daniel Jones, but I mean Aaron Rodgers is kind of in a league of his own. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it's it, it's just a silly comment. Like you know, D Daniel Jones had a nice season last year. He threw 15 touchdowns. You want to count his rushing touchdowns? All right. Would it be an extra seven? So he threw 22 or, or or total 22 touchdowns. Nice year. Giants made the playoffs, won a playoff game. They were a big surprise. But the 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 it, it, it's like not even worth addressing to try and compare the two. Like it's just it's just silly. Like there's no reason for me to dunk on Daniel Jones. Like anyone with common sense who's not looking for you know a trolling hot take there would tell you right. It's Aaron Rodgers. Like enough said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that. And uh, you know just to. You know, we, we were mentioning Sala before. You know, what do you think about Coach Sala? Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think most Jet fans 
are are pretty optimistic about what we have in Sala. Obviously, people bring up the whole, uh, you know, not being able to manage the clock at the end of the game thing. I really only remember that popping up in the Detroit game last year, where it was really, um, you know, with it, it really came and affected the Jets in a negative way. I I would love to see Sala be the guy and stay here, and um, you know, n- knock Rex off the pedestal of the longest tenured Jets coach of the last 20, 25 years. Uh, you, you know, what what are your impressions of Sala so far? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, you know, I like him as a person. I really think he's a good, genuinely guy, a good dude. I think players play for him. I think he deserves a lot of credit for Rodgers being here and the type of program he built and, you know, the positive reviews from players that were here, what they have said about Salah, that enticed Aaron Rodgers to want to come here. He hired Nathaniel Hackett, which is a major reason why Aaron Rodgers chose to come here. Uh, I, I don't think the team has ever quit on Salah. I think last year would have been very easy for that defense to give up, given how inept uh, the offense was for most of the season. So I, I think he's a good coach. Now, it's tough to win when you don't have a quarterback. So that excuse is now gone. He's now three years in. It's a big year. I, I think he's a guy that could take this team to the playoffs, and we'll find out what type of coach he is. But now we could accurately evaluate him. You know, like he Robert Salah won 11 games through his first two years. Kyle Shanahan only won 10, right? Like, it is hard to win without a quarterback. And now they have Aaron Rodgers. So the excuses are done. The defense went from 32nd in year one, the top five last year. Now you got the offense seemingly figured out with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. So uh, we're going to find out right away if he's the right coach. But I think all the ingredients are there as far as players playing for him, wanting to be a Jet. He's done a lot of good things, but now he's got to translate the wins at the end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, it seems to me like he's a leader of men, and, you know, when you get the respect of guys like Aaron Rodgers, just from afar, even before he joined the team, he mentioned his respect of Coach Salah. So I think that goes a long way, too. <clears throat> no, no question. And, uh, and ultimately, they got to win. I mean, that's what it's all about at this point. They have the team in place, and we're going to judge them based on the win-loss record now going forward. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you, you mentioned the quarterback that, unfortunately, we were forced to watch a lot of last year. Nine starts out of Zach Wilson. Five and four, as the uh, truthers will tell you, but uh, I think we all know there's a deeper, you know, level we can look at in, in that five and four record. And, uh, you know, Zach Wilson should have been buying a lot of dinners for those defensive players throughout the season uh, for, for bailing his butt out of a lot of those games. But, you know, what do you think? Uh, is is Zach Wilson repairable at all? Or is he just going to go down in the uh, list of uh, jet bust first round picks? I have serious doubts he's ever going to be what they thought he was. Now, could he could he salvage his career and be you know a long term backup in the league? Maybe a you know a fringe starter somewhere down the line. Maybe you know I, I never saw Geno Smith eight years after he left the Jets turning out to be you know a solid NFL quarterback like he proved he was last year. Uh, it's disappointing because I really like Zach Wilson. You know I, I thought he was going to be good. You know I'd, I'd be the first to, to to admit I was wrong. I just he 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 has been just so bad it's not defensible. And like the Jets themselves even admitted it publicly, just how bad Wilson was. They didn't even try to like sugarcoat it, which is the right approach because it was really, really bad last year. So, you know, the, the question on the screen is, is he a bust right now? The answer is yes, but that, that could change over time. Uh, but I hope to God that we don't need to find out if he's still a bust this year, right? Like I hope Aaron Rodgers could play every game. And the only time we see Zach Wilson is either in the preseason or at the end of games that the Jets are up 40 and they're protecting Rodgers, getting him out of the game. Exactly. Yeah, he said from your lips to God's ears, Jake. You're right about yep. that, man. Let's yep. uh 
let's make sure that uh, we uh, keep Rodgers in the bubble wrap and uh, until, uh, you know, break glass in case of emergency. And then on September 11th, just release that Kraken on the uh, NFL. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so when we keep rolling along here, Jake, it, talking about the uh, the guys that protect uh, the quarterback and uh, and obviously Brees Hall coming back too, you know, we're, we're going to need that, that offensive line to be in tip-top shape. What do you think coming out of um, of training camp we're going to be looking at? Do you do you expect a guy like Joe Tittman to win that job? I was listening to, to, to Rich Samini the other day, and he still feels like uh, Connor McGovern is going to be taking that, that center spot. You know, what do you think about that? I think Tittman is going to win the job. I, I think you take a guy that high in the second round, you had your pick of any center. I think it'd be disappointing if he's not the week one starting center. I think he wins the gig. I think the offensive line in a perfect world, if you assume you have health, which – as Jet fans, we can't assume that ever. But for the sake of this conversation, let's say they have guys healthy for week one. I think left to right would be Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson. Center would be Tittman, AVT, and then Becton. You know, I think that would be their ideal offensive line for the first game of the year. But injuries play a part in this. But I do think if Joe Tittman is healthy, he's going to be able to beat out Connor McGovern and be the starting center week one. I agree, too. And even if it's just the fact that that's the outcome that the Jets uh, coaching staff wants. You know, I can, I, I can see them wanting to give him that responsibility, just like when they drafted, you know, Zach Wilson a couple of years ago. They, we heard about the competition in training camp and everything, but we pretty much all knew going in to week one that it was going to be Zach Wilson. And I kind of feel like it's the same thing with, with, with Tittman too, or at least I hope. I hope so. Yeah, with Zach you knew just because, you know, who was the backup, right? We didn't know what Mike White was a couple of years ago. and. It was obvious that it was set up for Zach to win. You know, there's there's a little more of a true competition aspect this time around, just because McGovern has been a starter in the NFL for multiple years. He started every game last year. He was one of the he was the only one on the line uh, that was incredibly durable last year. So I think he deserves credit for that. I think as a backup, he's fine, and the fact that he's played guard before is beneficial. But you know, in a perfect world, you use a high second round pick on a center, and you had your pick of any center. You want that guy to start for you week one if possible. So I think the, the, the Jets' preference is clearly Tittman wins the job. And if he's if it's close, I think, you know, the benefit of the doubt will go to the rookie. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's like Ty goes to the runner, Ty goes to the rookie. So yep. I'm, uh, I'm definitely with you on that. And, uh, you know, as uh, the, the other big news that came out of training camp right before the guys all reported was that a little thing that was keeping us nervous, you know, keeping Jet fans on the edge of their seat about, you know, conjuring up images of the Roscoe Diner and Darrell Revis. You know, <laughs> we finally got it figured out. Quinn and Williams back in the fold, four years, $96 million deal. You know, what do you think? I, I, I think there's a, a chance down the line that we can be looking back on this Quinn and deal and be like, this is a, a complete steal. You had to pay him, right? I mean, he's coming out of a first team all pro season. He's 25 years old. If you don't pay Quinn and Williams, who do you pay, right? So, yeah, there, there's always, you know, that – you know, Jet fan PTSD when you give out a big deal to a defensive tackle. You know, I saw Muhammad Wilkerson was at Jet practice yesterday. I'm like, keep him far away from Quentin <laughs> Williams. But, look, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. I think Quentin Williams has earned the opportunity to be paid like one of the top players at his position because he is. And he's done everything right as far as keeping his mouth shut, letting his performance speak for itself. You know, this is not a Jamal Adams situation from a couple of years ago. And, you know, once again, if you weren't going to pay Q – who are you going to pay? It sends the right message to the to the rest of the team that, hey, this team drafts you, you play well, they pay you, and ultimately they did the right thing. So uh, does it look like a bargain? Look, if Q keeps going out there and 
has another year like he had last year, which I think is possible because, once again, he's only 25 years old. We might look back on that contract and be like, wow, that really is a bargain given his production. So uh, it's a no-brainer, and, you know, Quentin Williams is a guy that you know, should be a Jet for a long time because he's that type of player. Yeah, no doubt about it. You, you, you got to pay Quentin, and, uh, you know, we, we've seen – these defensive tackles getting paid all off season. So, you know, it, it was kind of written in stone that he was going to be getting paid and, and good for him. Quinn is the type of guy that you want to reward because you see the type of guy he is in the locker room and how, you know, how coachable he is and how everybody around there just loves the guy. So, you know, let's get some good vibes going and pay him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's nice to have guys you want to pay as opposed to in the past. It's like, well, why would we want to extend some of these other first round picks that have been horrific? So it's, it's, it's nice to have that as a Jeff fan. There's no doubt. Exactly. I, you know, I've got a Jamal Adams Jersey sitting in my closet right now. And uh, you know, that's a guy that uh, as soon as they said, Oh, you know, I, you know, the whole uh, jet for life thing came out. I was like, Oh, I'm getting my Jamal Adams Jersey. And uh, yeah, I regretted that one. That, that's another uh, first round pick, but. Hey, it ended up working out for the best because we ended up getting Garrett Wilson out of it. So I'll take that hit every day of the week. No doubt. And AVT, if you think about it, because they used the the pick in that the other the first first round pick to package that to trade up to go get AVT. So that's one of the best trades the Jets will probably ever make in their franchise's history. That's true. That's true. And uh, yeah, we keep it rolling along here. The last thing I did want to touch on the Jets, and I know you know, especially on your show, this is something that all Jet fans are constantly talking about. These two guys, right on the edge of our uh, tongues, Quan Alexander and Dalvin Cook. You know, what do you think, Jake? Uh, I, I'm kind of losing a little hope in Dalvin Cook. I'm still pretty confident, I think, at some point Quan's going to be here. But, but what do you think? Either of these guys, a, a, a chance we see them walking into Jets camp? I agree with you. I think Quan is probably more likely at this point than Dalvin. I, I still think Dalvin is a possibility, though. The money is clearly not out there for him. And if it's truly about going somewhere where the money's close, and it gives them a chance to win. I think the Jets are attractive from that standpoint. Plus, if Brees Hall is going to be worked back into the lineup slowly, which all indications are, they're not just going to give him the ball 20-plus times a game when we start the season. Uh, Dalvin Cook could come in here and, and have an opportunity to be maybe the number one back or featured a lot more than he would if he goes to a different team. So uh, I, I certainly think he's still in play, pending cost. And Quan, look, he did this last year. He signed with the Jets at the training camp, got underway. Now the Jets are starting a week earlier than any other team besides Cleveland. So it wouldn't shock me if next week Quan's back with the Jets. So we'll see, but I'm kind of with you. I think Quan more likely, but I don't rule out either one uh, still being a Jet. Yeah, I think Dalvin Cook would uh, would be a real, you know, it would just put a lot of our minds at ease, uh, you know, with, with Brees Hall. Because even though I think Brees is going to come back into form relatively quick uh, quickly, you know, you, you just want to make sure that you have every protection in order this year because, you know, we're all in. And, uh, you know, we, we just want to make sure that if one thing goes wrong, it doesn't derail the season. No doubt. Uh, more talent, the better. I mean, we certainly have seen too many yep. injuries for me to sit here and be like, no, nah, we're good. We, we don't need a good player. Like, no, nah, I'll take everyone who wants to be here because uh, this team <laughs> this team can win it all, but injuries wreck seasons, as we know. So more talent, the better. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and Dan too, you know, I want to bring you in too. Uh, feel free to, to jump in. Uh, we're going to be uh, jumping onto your giants now, man, as uh, real quick, you know, the giants start next week, next Wednesday, the, 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 the 26th. And uh, right now we, we were just talking about the holdout that the jets had to deal with 
uh, with, with Darrell Revis in training camp. Now the Giants are going through a holdout. You know, Jake and Dan, what do you guys think? Will Saquon Barkley hold out for this whole season? I Jake feel first. I feel hearing the worst right now. Just everything I'm seeing on Twitter. He removed everything Giants related in his Twitter bio. It just looks like it's gonna be the worst. And I have that question: What do you think the Giants have enough depth at running back to make up for this void that pretty much Saquon Barkley, I fear, is gonna be inevitably gonna leave? Because it looks the right wall. Looks- I don't think he's going to hold out at all. I I think he'll play in week one. He might not be, you know, vintage Saquon right away because he's going to, you know, cut off his nose to spite his face or he comes back with two weeks to go and it's like, well, physically I'm not ready. You can't put me out there. So he still can get his game check for the first week of the season. But I do not think he's going to hold out. I mean, what what's the benefit of him holding out? The last guy who actually did that was Le'Veon Bell, and I don't think anyone will ever do that again after how poorly it went for him. Uh, look, Saquon's pissed. I understand that. But ultimately, the, the Giants did the right thing, not giving him a long-term deal. Now, I wonder what he was asking for and what the Giants' final offer was. Until we have that, it's tough to say who's right, who's wrong. But, you know, ultimately, I don't think Saquon Barkley is dumb enough to turn down, what, $650,000 a week to sit out. He still has a chance to make $10.1 million this year. Plus, as a second overall pick, he got a guaranteed $35 million when he was drafted, which is more than most of these running backs ever make. So I just – I can't sit here and, and be that upset for Saquon. I don't think he's dumb enough to sit out the whole year. I think he's back, and he plays week one against the Cowboys. And then another, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, continue, Dan, please. Another thing I have to say, last year I felt like one of our weaknesses was our, our – was at wide receivers. Do you think we – we filled that hole at wide receivers this year that we were lacking last year. I think it really depends on you know what you're going to get from Jalen Hyatt, who I liked a lot. He was a projected first round guy at the beginning of the draft process, and he was there in the third round. And really, you know, a lot of the receivers I had last year they brought back, but they added Darren Waller. Now he's a tight end, not a receiver, but this guy when he's healthy, and that's obviously the major question with him. He's as he's as good as any tight end in the league as far as like his production. If you look at some of his all pro level seasons, so I think he's the key to the offense. If Darren Waller can stay healthy, I think it's an absolute steal. The Giants got what the trade of the third round pick to get him. So uh, I, I think it comes down to that. Can Darren Waller bounce back, stay healthy, and then I think there's another level to this offense. And you know, look, Daniel Jones had a nice year last year. It was a nice year because it was so unexpected. Now he's being paid forty million dollars a year. Year two in Dable's offense. You're saying we think there's another level this guy could get to as a quarterback. We got to see it. Uh, last year was a big surprise, but if Daniel Jones replicates the exact same season from a year ago, that's not going to be good enough for this team. So he's now got to take another step forward. And as you see on the screen there, be one of the driving forces of this offense. And uh, I-, I question whether or not he could do it. I don't rule it out. He's certainly talented. He works hard. Dable's a great coach, but that's really the next step for the Giants to get to because if he can't, well, then in two years, you're going to be looking to replace him because you're only going to be able to go so far without the guy that could elevate your team to the next level. Yeah, it's true, man. And, and I, I really think, too, that, you know, the we are really going to see the focus come on Daniel Jones this year without having Saquon Barkley being there to take the, a lot of that pressure off him. So it's really going to come down to, uh, you know, the Giants offensive line giving Daniel Jones as much time as he possibly can and just getting that uh, – 
you know, the chemistry with this receiver group too. They have a lot of bodies in there. I mean, I don't know how much better their wide receiver is room, you know, their wide receiver room is than it is last year, but it's definitely, it's definitely got a lot of people in it. And I mean, I, I don't even know if you saw this, Dan, but the uh, Giants signed um, actually former Jet James Robinson to help out, uh, you know, I guess fill in for Saquon, but also former Cowboy and Bill Cole Beasley. What do you guys think about that? Uh, you know, about those signings? I think Beasley actually could help, but you know, as a Jeff fan watching James Robinson last year, you know, nice guy, still young, but he has not recovered from that Achilles injury, and maybe another year away from that, his explosiveness will return. But that to me was like a nothing burger till I see otherwise. But Cole Beasley's productive, man. Everywhere this guy's been, you know, he gets on the field, he'll still make big plays. So I, I like that signing for the Giants. Yeah, me too. What do you think, Dan? I'm I'm excited about that. I feel that just gives us a, a nice step at wide wide receiver. I'm I'm excited to see what this guy could bring. I'm I'm probably going to be looking at a little preseason a little clo- more closely than I usually do this year because of everything going into the season. It's usually it's usually not easy to watch uh, preseason because I just feel I just feel like most of the time you don't really see much of the big stars how they're faring. It's re- it's really mostly just the backups. That, it, it's it's like the point that I just said. Don't I don't think I've ever in my life purchased a ticket to a preseason game. Only time I went to a preseason game, it was it was when they were doing like a big at a Bryant Park. They were giving out a they were giving out tick they were giving out tick. There was like the whole big announcing naming rights to the stadium MetLife Stadium, right? They were giving out tickets. To the preseason game, Giants and Jets. I I went, but I I've literally never purchased, actually actively gone on stuff of purchased tickets to a preseason game. But should this is gonna be this is gonna be a very interesting thing going going into. This. Also, I have to ask a question. Did, did, how do you feel about the the giant the Giants uh, their 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 defense this year? Because it felt like we really got exposed how bad our defense was against maybe one of the tough one of the toughest offenses uh, the the Eagles last year during the playoffs. Yeah, look, I, I mean, the, the Eagles did that to a lot of teams, though. To be fair, right? I mean, they were they were incredible last year offensively. I, I still think they're the favorites in the NFC. Like, they, I think the Giants, you know, they they're they're trying to improve, and maybe if you know Kayvon Thibodeau is better now in year two and you get more out of some of the younger players on this team that as they continue to develop, the defense could be better, but you know, this, this this team probably should be led by their offense. If we're being honest, like, you know, you're paying the quarterback once again, $40 million. So the defense is certainly a part of it, but if the offense doesn't take a bigger step, I don't know how much better the giants could be, even if their defense improves. Yeah, very true. Very true. And I think, you uh, you know, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. I think he's a big big factor for the Giants this season to see if uh, he could take that next step to becoming the elite pass rusher that uh, everybody thought. We saw a lot of flashes of that last year, and it would be nice to see if he can sustain that for a full season this year. And no, no. Uh, Yeah, so let, last two things before we let you go, Jake, and thank you so much for, for taking the time with us this morning. Um, I, I did want to touch on this is a thought that had occurred to me the other day, you know, especially what's going on with the Mets and the Yankees and, uh, you know, our hockey teams and everything. Is Brian Dable the uh, best coach or manager that we have in New York right now? What do you guys think? 
think by default he kind of is, right? I mean, who who would you rank <laughs> higher right now? Like, you, you wouldn't rank either baseball manager. Uh, I, nope. I, look, I think Tom Thibodeau is a good coach, but I don't think he's better than what Dable showed you last year. Uh, I'm trying to mm-hmm. think, like you know, Robert Sala. I like him, but he's an unknown at this point. Um, you know, Jock Vaughn with the Nets. I don't know if you, we can really count him. I'm trying to think. You know, the hockey coaches, there's no way. Lane Lambert with the Islanders. The Rangers have a first – first, or they have a – not a first-time head coach, but they have a new head coach in, you know, Peter Lavalette. Um, so I'm trying to think you know, the Devils coach, right? Well, John Hines is the guy's name, or John Hines. So maybe maybe he'd be in the conversation. But if you kind of run through the New York teams, I think it has to be Dable by default. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. And uh, oh, actually, no, the, uh, the the Devils coach is Lindy Ruff now. Right, uh, right. Yeah, John Hine was the old guy. But but yeah, you know, you you're right about that. And even though I like Lindy Ruff, and he actually he's got a an incredible amount of wins as a, as a hockey coach, I'd still take Dable over him because you know from what we saw to Dable last year, the turnaround that he did with this Giants team, I I don't think um, you know anybody else, including what Buck did last year with the Mets, you know stands a chance to what Dable did last year. What do you think, Dan? I think so, too. He turned around a team that was just, I guess, the, the equivalent of a comedian bombing hard <laughs> in a huge stretch of several shows. He turned his team around, and they won a playoff game against a team they were the heavily underdogs against. You know, that, that, that's a big thing, too. You're right, that the Giants actually won a playoff game last year, which even though the Mets won a playoff game, too, they weren't advancing to the next round. So And <laughs> and then, you know, obviously the Yankees got in the ALCS and ran into the uh, brick wall that is the Houston Astros. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a uh, – you know, that's a uh, – yeah, so definitely Brian Dable is top of the mountain right now. And last thing before we let you get out of here, Jake, you know, and uh, I, I was a big fan of that old show on uh, on SNY Loudmouths, and they always would do the segment um, "Buy or Sell." So, buy or sell, both you guys this year, Jets and Giants, both make the playoffs. What do you guys think? I'm, I'm buying it. Uh, you know, it's July 22nd. I'm going to be optimistic on uh, this fine Saturday morning. So, I'm, I'm buying it. Jets and Giants are both in the playoffs. Boom, Jake's in for both. What do you think, Dan? I think the same thing. I'm buying on this one. Both teams are going to make the playoffs. I think, and I, I'm not going to say go book your trip to Las Vegas, but I say you might want to have your computer, you know, eyeing it, you know, just in, you know, pre- preparing, not guaranteed, but just you know, just constantly checking the prices on flights or probably uh probably bus trips because you, you you know right off the back all flights to from if, if that if the if possible happen all flights from new york to las vegas would be sold out in seconds so you'd be eyeing uh you're looking at travel options at how you're going to get to las vegas but you're not going to right away click the buy the buy option option on the on that on that trip but you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna be constantly monitoring the prices being ready and so so you my friend are eyeing a subway super bowl okay okay i'll tell you this much dan i'm, I, I'm gonna be I, I i agree with you guys i'm buying it i think the jets and the giants are both gonna make the playoffs but i don't want to see you guys in the super bowl if the jets make it because if the jets make it i just want the city to myself let's be honest agreed <laughs> 
So, all right, boys. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think that's just, just about going to do it for us today. Jake, I can't thank you enough for taking the time with us this morning. Uh, this has been phenomenal. Uh, it's it's great talking to you. It's, you know, it's like getting my own personal Jake Asman show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us. Jake, be, before we close it out, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, sure. Just check out the YouTube channel. Just search Jake Asman. If you like the Jets, you'll find daily content there. I appreciate you guys having me. This was fun. Absolutely. And make sure subscribe to Jake on Patreon. Great content on there. And if you're a Jets fan like me and you're going to Las Vegas, do yourself a favor. Stay at the Circa out there. Use Jake's code Jake15. And we're going to have a blast out there, Jake. I can't wait to get out there with you guys. It's going to be so much fun. Rob, I can't wait, man. I, I didn't even realize that you were staying at Circus, so that's uh, that's awesome, man. I I don't know if you've ever been, but I promise you it's going to be an incredible weekend. So looking forward to meeting you in person. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. And, uh, Dan, before we get out of here, any plugs for yourself as well? Sure. We got my plugs. Bobo103NYC on Twitter and a Bobo718DK on Instagram. Daniel Curlin on YouTube. Roll my little content, little funny videos. I even I'm even in the works of probably putting together a funny sketch with a integrating Robert into 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 the, one of these sketches because there was a I filmed a sketch on YouTube that won a sketch competition on the East Side Dave show and it, thought it was just I was rewatching and I gotta make another one exactly exactly so that's gonna do it for us today. As always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, with my co-host, Daniel Bobo Kerlin, and the great Jake Asman from ESPN Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody, and we'll catch you next week.